Welcome to our innovation podcast series, and we are talking about fabrication this month. And uh, I am Patty Mabry with uh, the Center for Innovation in the Upper School at All Saints Episcopal School. You're better. I, my name is uh, Rachel Hoffman, and I'm in the middle school. I just thought you're better than me. Um, I forgot to do this. <laughs> <laughs> On the last one? Yep. I just introduced the guests and went. Um, I hope go. they know who I am. They know who you are. <laughs> uh, Nathan can plug you in from previous. Yeah, he'll do something. <laughs> <laughs> and today we have a guest who is not part of our, our innovation fantastic uh, group of innovation specialists, but... He has found uh, a way to get uh, start using this and incorporating it in his classroom and in, as, a, as, a, as a hobby on the side. And uh, we have Mike Giordano from our English department. Hello. Of all Thanks things, English department. <laughs> and he is a master fabricator, and um, he's exceptional working in the in the fab lab in our upper school. Uh, it's just a lot of fun. I like I like getting in there and, and playing on the machines. And uh, I've known him from a previous life uh, over at UT Tyler. And uh, when I saw him working here and coming to uh, work at All Saints, I was really excited. And he got to see this, you know, really cool space that we have here, um, the Fab Lab at, uh, at All Saints. And uh, what did you think when you first walked in? Oh, I, when, I, when I walked into that lab for the first time and I saw the machines and I saw all the different things just... The first thing I thought is, what can I do with this? I mean, I, I just wanted to get my hands on it. I wanted to build something. I wanted to make something. Right. Um, it just, you know, got my, my creative juices flowing. I was just like, okay, there's so many things that you could do. Um, you know, within my first week here at All Saints, having been introduced to that, I was already thinking that I wanted, you know, a big sign for my door, for my classroom, that, you know, that I could use as a window cover if I had to, but also just to kind of identify my room. Um, and uh, so, you know, with, within the first week or month I was here, Patty and I were working on that. And, uh, you know, we, we had something, you know, really quick, and it was just a lot of fun. So uh, I've been using it um, even more this year than I did last year. Right. And, well, uh, last year being your first year here teaching, yeah, it yeah. was uh, probably a little bit uh, of an undertaking to try to find some free time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I generally didn't have time during the day to come over. And, of course, with, you know, my daughter, I got to get home so right absolutely and so uh you have been using it a lot more mm -hmm. and uh what one of the reasons why we invited you to be in this podcast is that uh, we're really excited about some of the things that you've been making and i was hoping you could tell us a little bit about it and sure how you got got started and how the idea came through and all of that well the first piece i made this year um was actually something i was doing with my daughter uh, my daughter katie she's she's 10 years old and my wife's birthday was coming up and um, I thought it would be really nice for, for Katie to make something for her. But I didn't want it to be, you know, a, a childish thing that, you know, would fall apart or just get tossed aside, you know, at, at some point. I wanted it to be something nice. And I thought, you know, um, she could probably, if, if I cut the pieces um, on, the, on the laser engraver, she could probably help me assemble a box and we could sand it and stain it and do just a father-daughter project and do something really nice. So um, she and I, we, we went, we looked for patterns, and we found a nice uh, interlocking circle pattern. And we cut the pieces and put together a nice, you know, small 4 by 8 
uh, box with you know a felt bottom and the the lattice the circle interlocking circle lattice on top, and it came out really nice. Yes, uh, it did. <laughs> and I was really kind of happy with it. But then I thought, you know, I could I could do more with this. Um, I actually. When I made that box, I made two of them because I wanted to make one myself before I worked with Katie, so that you know I'd know all the possible pitfalls. And uh, you know, I thought you know I could do I could do more with this. So then you and I were talking, Patty, and um, you know we were thinking we could I, I, we could do something modular. Right. And so the thing I came up with was a jewelry box. And you know, talking to you, you, you kind of told me what kind of things you would want in a jewelry box. Right. And uh, ended up with a piece that had. Um, five different sections. It had, mm -hmm. it had a bottom section for, for necklaces, and then uh, a side section that was just kind of a deep compartment, two sections for smaller objects, and then a lid. Um, and the lid and the bottom section carried on that same interlocking circle motif I had in the boxes. Right. And you know, I was a little bit worried going into it, a lot of moving parts, a lot of things that I had to do. Um, but it, it came out pretty well. Um, I'm pretty happy with you know, a few things I would change if I were going to do it again. But I mean, for a first attempt, uh, I was really happy with the way it came out. So happy that I, I actually uh, paid for the materials for him yeah. to make one for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I was one of his guinea pigs. Um, I, I have a jewelry interlocking system at home that I purchased, and I hate it. You have to put it inside. It's not, you know, beautiful. It's not something that you know that you would feel like is a piece of artwork, and. Uh, Yet I have it sitting out because I don't have the storage space mm -hmm. to put it in drawers where it was intended. And so, mm -hmm. um, what you made is something. It's it's wooden. It's it's gorgeous. It you know the interlocking um, design to it as well. I was like, I need that, and, and that's what I now use. My jewelry's all in it. I love it, and uh, and it looks like a piece of art. Oh, you know, you. it was made so by my friend, which is which is like it's majorly cool. And uh, what's neat is my students got to see it until mm -hmm. I took it home. And um, so you needed to use it. <laughs> I needed to use it seriously, and um, and they were like, "Wait, Mr. G made this, and mm -hmm. how did he do it?" And you know, and 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 you have a process, like you know, with yeah. how you design it out, how you make the best use of materials. Uh, you use nice materials. Yeah. You actually made those with solid wood. I used those red oak for those. Mm -hmm. And. And, and, and you've learned ways to utilize the space the best, and uh, and the kids see how you plan because you know your plans are there, and they can yeah. they can look and see what what's going on. And I think it's great because you're modeling what I'm trying to get them to do in the classroom. Right. Well, I mean, way. one thing that's that it kind of forces you to do is you know double check all your measurements, double check that you got everything right because um, first of all, it takes time for the for the cutter to cut things out, so you know it takes up the time, but also. Um, it takes up materials, and uh, you know, the red oak isn't cheap. Um, and right. I could, you know, I could start it off in cardboard or plywood, but that again is, is a whole lot of time. So I want to be as careful as possible, right. so that I don't have to go and redo things. Um, just an example. Uh, just this past week, I've been working on a bin to store, of all things, hot chocolate packets, because over uh. our unscheduled winter <laughs> break, we drank a lot of hot chocolate. And we had all the boxes out on the counter, and it was kind of messy. And so I wanted something that we could just put those in and organize it. And uh, so, you know, I, I've been, uh, I, I put a lot of effort into measuring it out and drawing plans and making sure that everything would work so that when I, when I actually went to cut the wood, it would go through the first time. Um, but what I did do for one part of it, for dividers to go between the packets, is that I used plywood instead of solid wood. I figured, you know, it's just a divider, it's no big deal. And what I found is that, um, 
when I went to sand it to get it nice and smooth, that top layer of the plywood was not thick enough, and right. it just kind of deteriorated. So I, I went back, and I had to redo it. It took a lot of time, but I learned from it. Right. And that's really one thing that I really love about working with this project is that you know, when I, I've done woodworking at home. I've got you know my little workbench and you know, a few tools here and there. But if I make something at home, you know, I, I make it, and if, if I do a great job on it, the next time I do it, I just have to hope I do the same great job, you know, cut as accurately and all that. Here, if I make something, I can save it. Right. Which means that, first of all, I can reproduce something if it comes out well. And secondly, if it doesn't come out well, I can tweak it without having to totally rethink where I'm coming from. Right. So for instance, on that jewelry box, um, for one, uh, one part of the jewelry box, um, the, the lip didn't come up quite as, quite as high as I would have liked it to. You can't see it. Um, it doesn't make a difference in terms of the aesthetics of it, but I just feel like it would be a, a, a better fit with the pieces if it were to uh, come up a little higher. Right. And so if I were to make another jewelry box, I could very simply just go into the file, add a quarter inch to that box, and boom, I'm done. Right. Um, you know, in, in the wood shop, you know, if I'm just using hand tools, I can't save my work. I can't reproduce it without, you know, really investing two thirds or more of the effort I had to do the first time. Right. It, and it's nice knowing that you can. Uh, that's something that you could start selling. You could yes. start, you know, taking into a, a permanent hobby if, uh, uh, or you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, and sky's I do the limit have, with that. I do kind of have dreams of that. Um, you know, making the making the jewelry boxes and making the individual boxes like I made for my wife and, and the hot chocolate packets, you know. I made them kind of for me, but I could very easily, you know, if I, if I put up a, a website or something, I could very easily make them to order if people wanted something like that. Right. And, and uh, you know. And save them. And then you have all kinds of variations. Exactly. And right. anytime somebody wanted something done custom, I could save that too and offer it to the next person. Absolutely. So, I mean, the, the way that I could... And, and, and I can also customize so easily. If somebody wanted a pattern that was something different than, for instance, the interlocking circles, it would be the easiest thing in the world for me just to say, okay, I'm taking out the circles, I'm putting in tree branches, or whatever right. it is. And uh, you know, I don't have to totally rethink it. Yeah, and just for the audience, we have an AP laser, a 100 watt AP laser that's uh, carbon dioxide based. And uh, it's, it, it can cut uh, through you know, wood and other materials. Um, and uh, it engraves, cuts, the whole bottom portion of it can come out. And so I've had students uh, just learn how to take out that bottom cabinet so they can put something else in and, and you can work with that. Um, but it's really neat having a machine like that because it's so accurate in the way that it, it cuts and engraves and, um, and it's, it's fast, it's efficient, and we've made some really cool projects with yeah. it. And, uh, it you actually have a new project, speaking of that, uh, that we're going to be collaborating on. I don't yes. know if you want to give away too much of it since sure. it's not been it's, launched. Sure, it's not but. a secret. <laughs> um, so uh, Patty and I were talking one day and um, you know, thinking it would be so much fun to have some sort of collaboration between you know, subjects as disparate as English and the fabrication. Right. And, I thought it would be neat. I had just finished a unit on poetry in my class. And I thought it would be neat if I could record the students and have a place in my room where you could see any student who'd ever done a poem for me before. And I had the idea to put together a poet tree. 
um, which I'm currently fabricating the, the tree itself, which is being made on 23-inch square pieces of plywood. Um, and I'm engraving a, this silhouette of a big branchy tree that's going to take up most of the back wall of my classroom. Right. And then when my students do their poems, I'm going to video, make a video recording of them and uh, make it available online. And then the student is going to have to create a QR code that, po that points to that video and come to the Fab Lab and make a leaf for my tree. And that leaf will have their name on it and the date that they recited their poem and the title of their poem on one side and they'll have the QR code on the other side. And over the years, I will gather hundreds of leaves with poems from years and years and years of students uh, going back. And it's just kind of a way that all my students can be part of something a little bit bigger in the class, but also a way that they can contribute something. They know that if they come back senior year, if, they come, if their kids come to this school, if they just come back and visit, they can go to Mr. G's classroom and say, that's my leaf. Right. That's super cool. I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's the panels fun. take, what, a couple hours? The, to the panels take a, uh, a couple hours to, to, to engrave. Uh, engrave. I'm hoping I can find a way to make that happen a little bit faster. Um, probably not going to get to actually put it up until next year, so probably right. do some fabrication over the summer. Um, but it's something, you know, I'm thinking that the next poetry unit is going to be in uh, January of 2022, and that's oh, when goodness. I'll get it started. Right, and we'll have it done well before then. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, working in, in among all the, the kids and the different projects and things like that are happening and finding a couple hours here and there that we can squeeze those, exactly. uh, those in. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. And, of course, I made the first of the tiles the week before that snowstorm, so... You know, I got everything going, and then I had to sit out and right. sit at home and think, oh, that laser engraver's sitting there with nobody using it and can't get in and use it. Right, Snowbid 2021. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just sitting here listening. It's, it's amazing. I, I'm in my own world half the time, let me be real honest. But uh, <laughs> sitting here listening, and I, and I find it amazing. And I'm currently watch, uh, reading Launch, uh, rereading it um, again. And... Um, the part that I'm in right now is talking about the beginning of the design process. And um, I think it's super amazing that the beginning of your design processes have always come out of a sense of empathy, which for the middle school in my department, that is the number one thing I try to put into each of their projects that mm -hmm. they do is that sense of empathy. It needs to start from that, that sense of being able to know my audience, who am I making this for? Mm -hmm seeing a need like um, the hot chocolate box mm -hmm. and filling that need. Like our students, especially through fabrication, um, which is one of the, our bigger um, things that we do in our STEM classes, they need to know that empathy. They need to be able to put that into work mm -hmm. um, to make these designs. And I'm loving that you're starting from that place every time for our kids right. to see how important it is to be able to think about uh, other people right. and put themselves in their it's, shoes. It's not just their teachers telling them that they have to, yeah. it's right. them seeing it in action with people that are using these, these same type of, you know, uh, processes. And, uh, and that's really the basis of, of good learning is that the students have to want to learn. Um, you know, there's always going to be boring stuff in every class, but what, what I try to do is, is make it something that this material is the same as you know any other teacher would teach, but something that's approached from a different angle. For instance, the poetry unit I did this year, um, you know, it, it's poetry. Some of them wanted to write it, some of them didn't. 
But when I told them I was going to be creating a coffee shop in my classroom, we were going to have a whole poetry cafe, they got excited about it. Right. And you know, they got a, a, a variance from the dress code where they could dress like a beat poet. And uh, you know, everybody saw them in different clothes and could ask them what it's about. And they were excited to tell them. Right. So you know, when, when you approach it in such a way, and so I'm thinking that this project with the leaves, um, you know, the first class to do it is going to walk into my classroom in August and see this tree on the back wall with nothing on it. Nothing on it. And I'm going to be able to tell them, hey, you guys are going to put the first leaves on this tree, and you will be there forever. And then every year, as new kids come in, I'm going to be able to say, you see those leaves? You will have a leaf on this tree. You will be part of this. You will be part of something bigger. Even if it's just something like a poetry, right. it's still something bigger that you can be part of that's going to last, that's going to stick around, and you can point towards. Absolutely. It's pretty awesome. Well, we appreciate you coming. Oh, and, it's fun uh, to be here. Thank you for having me. And visiting with us on our, our, our podcast journey here with our <laughs> innovation crew. And uh, we really want to get the word out that, that our stuff is, uh, and, and what we're doing, and, ev and everything that we are trying to accomplish here uh, from the innovation side of, uh, of All Saints is for everyone. It's not just our own little 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 piece of the world. It's it's geared to help ignite passions in our students and in our faculty and and try to impact uh, all saints, the community, and in the world. You know, whatever we can we can add to it. Yep. Yep. All right. <laughs> okay. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>